Hello, and welcome to another episode of Culture Hour. Uh, this is your host and founder, Shelley Smith, proud owner of Premier Rapport, where everything we do is workplace culture. I'm excited today, as always, to have a guest on. Uh, we're going to talk AI, and we're going to have a lot of fun around talent and what is happening in the automation world, in the data collection, and more so, what do you do with it around talent and, of course, around culture. So let's not delay the introduction today his name is he's actually the ceo of rocket technology i think you're going to love what you're about to hear and you're going to quickly go on his website and find out how to contact him he's also going to be coming in hopefully as one of the speakers with the peninsula sherm chapter in the virginia beach hampton roads area sometime in 2020 so we're also excited about that as you know i'm also the program chair for there so link parik did i say that right you did. Perfect. All right. All right. Lee, why don't you introduce yourself? Let the, the viewers and the listeners just first tell them about yourself and then let's hear all about rocket technology and what it can do for talent. Okay, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, talent. Wow. Everywhere I go, even talking about things that are unrelated to talent, people bring up talent as a major issue. Uh, the world has completely changed. In the past, we hoped people would line up um, to join our companies. Um, but now we have to sell them. Like, wow, what a concept. You know, uh, I talk to small business, Main Street, large corporations. It's hard for them to get their head around the fact that they actually have to be entrepreneurial <laughs> to sell, to get staff rather than just being entrepreneurial to defend their markets. It's a completely different mindset. However, the good news is they're good at it. They're yeah, good at yeah. selling. That's why the companies are here. They just need a new set of people, processes, platforms, and data approaches to do it. Absolutely. I love that. So how did you get into this? Well, my background is aerospace engineering. So uh, some fun facts, I was born and raised in New Orleans, so I'm pr pretty much easy to get along with. Um, <laughs> was recruited out of the SMU engineering school and I worked on classified programs as a co-op. So I have a background of how to think about a tough, complex problem mm -hmm. and turn them into something that's a little bit more simplified where an operational organization can meet its mission goals. Mm -hmm. In the private sector, of course, we're talking about four areas. When you're talking to a CEO, and this is important for everyone in the company to align to, is what are they? Number one, drive top line revenues, drive mm -hmm. margins, mm -hmm. customer relationships, and supplier relationships. Mm -hmm. If you're doing something that's not aligned to one of those things and don't know how to model to that, then you're really not providing the ROI value of the talent that you're supposed to provide to the company. Mm -hmm. And now managers are looking at it the same way. Mm -hmm. Well, I love the fact that you just uh, described yourself as a problem uh, solver and there's no bigger problem in the world today than there is finding top talent or finding talent period. So I absolutely love that. So how did rocket technology itself come about? How long has it been here? And give mm -hmm. us a little bit of the nuts and the bolts of what it does. Okay, sure. So we have three things that we are really good at, I think. Uh, number one is we do strategy and road mapping. So a lot of times customers will literally call me on the phone and say, Link, I know what to do. I really don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And that comes back to the NASA precision, the DOD precision mm -hmm. background that we have. So rocket technology has a combination of meanings, speed, and speed is really important uh, in this world today, as you know. Yeah. Um, and secondly, our heritage, um, 
failure is not an option, working on NASA missions, working with Fortune 500s in the area of using these knowledge bases of how to do things mm-hmm. into the business environment to raise performance. Mm-hmm. So we started this in 2002 as a spinoff of my previous company, which actually worked on the very first web browser. So we really are knowledgeable about how all this started mm-hmm. and then um, rolled these uh, programs out, starting with um, how to actually manage a project, then a portfolio, then a department using uh, platforms instead of just um, office products and PowerPoints and all the inaccuracies thereof. And then we got into the areas of talent management and artificial intelligence, being an IBM business partner, even though we're agnostic and love open source as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were selected by them. And then we grew it to working with things that are important now, which is cloud and how that works. We're a Nutanix premier partner. Mm-hmm. And that grew our business in the Oracle database migrations of all this data that you're talking about and how to yeah, yeah. create insights. And then cybersecurity is all over the place. And obviously in the talent world, security is premium. Mm -hmm. So how do we actually make sure that the folks that are in the company are behaving in a way that keeps uh, us secure and then move to new things like blockchain? Okay. So let's break that down a little bit. And if you're getting feedback on your side, either you can mute the um, computer or mute, mute the phone if you're on both, just if you're getting some feedback. So let's break that apart a little bit. Um, if, if I was, like you said, if I was the CEO calling you and said, I, I know what it is I want to do, but I don't know how to get started or where to do it, where, right. where would you guide me? Where, where would you start? Absolutely. So we would start with a financial business case. Okay. Most companies don't even know what that means. So it's very important that, in, although we've been talking technology, that we have an alignment, as I mentioned, to those four areas that a CEO cares about and are able to provide a roadmap on how to get there. So let's say, for example, I want to expand my uh, market share in selling these boots. Mm -hmm. Uh, How would you do that? What are your threats? What's the weaknesses, SWOT analysis? Mm -hmm. Then we look at um, what are you doing today? And from the what are we doing today, this is the critical thing that is really pretty much not being done uh, outside of, let's say, the military, um, is to model your ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Model the ecosystem and the relationships. How do we actually sell? How do we distribute? What are all the actors? What are our workflows? What are the systems that support that? Mm -hmm. Sounds like it would take forever, but literally in 60 to 90 days, you would have a map of how your business actually works. And from then, that's your as is, move to your to be and iterate that with a collaboration of your VPs, your users, your customers, and say, this is what we want to do and then move from here to there. So, you know, I'm the the culture curator, so I have to interject some culture questions in there. Do you have dialogues in between the the road mapping, the as is, and what it is you want it to be? Are there conversations around the type of talent you're looking for, the type of culture you want it to be? Because obviously, as you start from conception, you have a vision. But then as you add talent, obviously that culture is going to shift ever so slightly or dramatically based on the talent that you bring in or the expectations. So I'm just curious to at what point or or do you not have a conversation around the culture piece? So again, when we talk about people, processes, platforms, data, the big P is people. Nothing happens without people. So 
Yes. So we have a discovery period where we're actually identifying, as you mentioned, the vision and then decomposing that into the mission of the company, what the goals are for the next 36 months. Some of these are already published in their um, annual report. Um, but talking to the leadership first to determine what and why we need to make a change is critical. Mm -hmm. And then identifying what we call the capabilities. Mm -hmm. So the capabilities of your company are what make your vision come true. Mm -hmm. And from those capabilities, you decompose them. Let's just say this is an HR related talent issue. So I want to create, and these are what our customers come with. I want to be the first number one flagship company in our market space in talent. Mm -hmm. Okay, wow, that sounds like a vision. So you will be the number one. So what's it take to do that? What are the goals and what are the capabilities? Mm -hmm. One way to slice it is to say, we're gonna move, talk about talent acquisition. Mm -hmm. Next thing we're gonna talk about is retention and engagement. Mm -hmm. Then we're gonna talk about upskilling and assessments. Mm -hmm. Then we're gonna talk about some of the job category management and the agility around that. Mm -hmm. Data science and cybersecurity really didn't even fall into any specific job categories before. Mm -hmm. But how can you make that a live tool where you can say, well, what is that? Mm -hmm. How does it align to NIST and other standards? And then how can we click from that to where all the education required to meet that job skill category position? All that has to be organized in a way, and it's very difficult to do manually. Each one of these areas have AI to support the operational capability when it's engaging with a user. Okay, so one of the other pieces with that that you mentioned on the capability side is um, I'm all about the behavioral and the cognitive fit. And so I, I'm a consultant and have used for years predictive index. Is something inside of your different data collection, you mentioned assessments, is there something that is inside of that or is that a suggestion that you have that you do as an add-on at some point to help define the right talent fit and then to create the retention, the engagement? That's a really good point. We often go to HR with requirements and needs, mm -hmm. but we have to remember that the source of these requirements and needs have to be trained on how to actually determine what they need and how to express that. Right. How many people have actually looked at position descriptions at major mm -hmm. corporations? It's usually yeah. a mishmash. Yeah. It seems like five people have written them. Uh, sometimes it's just cut and paste. It doesn't really describe much. Mm -hmm. And so we're living in a world where the first thing that comes out is something that's not really optimal. Yep. Um, so we do have to help that team align these things that we talked about, right? Um, what, how does it match your company's job skills category, that position? Mm -hmm. And have you read what that is and their education requirements? So then you can actually put that into your position description and create templates that people can reuse. Yeah. Yeah. I, I often find to your point that when I read a job description, everything that you said that I would add in there that I often find a mixed match of action verbs. Mm -hmm. So one may say that it's more of a, a discovery a piece or an analysis or, you know, support, but then it'll also be matched with words like drive. So you end up with a very convoluted, disorganized, and, and everybody thinks that they're on the same page when they're hiring and when they get somebody in, and then multiple people get frustrated, and then the poor new recruit is scratching their head trying to figure out, well, what is it that the expectation really is? Am I supposed to inspect it? Am I supposed to create it? Am I supposed to drive it? So 
I love that you that you look at that and you focus on it again just as another side piece predictive index actually helps create those job uh, description flows so when you go get the talent you actually have an agreement ahead of time which is key to make sure that you know the key stakeholders are are on point so continuing down the the path of just from a recruiting standpoint on the talent side when you're working with your clients what are some of the other common things they ask and or common places that they get stuck that rocket technology kind of helps them over the hump and or to optimize? Great. So Let's talk about talent acquisition. So we okay. talked a little bit of how the world is changing and how do we do it today? Well, um, go to my website, hit my career and type in uh, electrician and go for it. Now you, as a user, have to crawl through taxonomy. What does electrician mean? Um, there might be 260 uh, available openings. They're all over the country. Uh, some may require travel. Can you imagine that we have dumped all of this on the poor candidate who doesn't know anything about your company? Exactly. So now let's look at the future. Okay. The future may be instead of what kind of job are you looking for? What if it says, what is your passion? Mm. completely different conversation mm. now let's think a little walk back a little bit who are we hiring now you know folks like me are pretty much out of the marketplace for electrician we're pretty much retiring mm -hmm. but who's actually coming in these are digital natives mm -hmm. especially folks who are really coming early career mm -hmm. they want to hear that they want to talk about their passions and now you can actually have an ai capability that will actually talk to them about their passion, which will be, of course, customized by, you know, our consulting, the client on how to move them to the right answers um, relevant to or not. You know, you mm -hmm. may, that person may not be a match. A mishire right, is very that. expensive. Yes. So let them start. So one example that we have is what are you passionate about? Oh, I like to fix things. Oh, really? Uh, where would you like to work? What? Wait a minute. I thought I said, so it's really going to have a conversation about almost like a coaching session. Yes, I love it. Oh my right. gosh. Yeah, keep going. Tell us more. This is great. All right. So um, from that, the that person has an opportunity to maybe say, well, um, looks like you require these things. Um, I'm not there yet. Let's say I'm a Java programmer and I really want to be in cybersecurity and I know that's like twice the money. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I can do that. I took one course at a community college. What if this company said, oh, you want to be cybersecurity? You already have this background. I've read your CV. Of course, it's going to be able to crawl it with the AI. Mm -hmm. Click here if you want to take an assessment. If you pass that assessment, you automatically are going to go into cybersecurity job positions that we have open. And mm -hmm. the person takes it. Oh, my God, I did 80 out of. Yes, automatically. Or no, these are the things that you have to do to get here. You got a 60. Um, here's a community college course. Of course, you would have made those agreements or you would offer an free internal course that said, hey, here's an opportunity for you to learn more. Take this course. And if you pass it, we're going to do that. Otherwise, here's some Java programming uh, opportunities that are a little bit more advanced that have security project to it where you may be happy to do that. Would you, can you imagine that experience versus your competitors? That's crazy amazing, yeah. Huh. You know, it reminds me, and I don't, I don't know with your, the, with your background, I'm assuming it has something to do with it, is when you go into recruiting and you go into any of the different branches of the service, you obviously take an assessment piece that kind of dives into 
personal skills as well as kind of your passion. So I'm just curious, did that have a little bit of an impact of coming up with this idea? Well, actually, a lot of we are very close with the veteran hiring side of things. Of course, we do have a lot of that background. However, in this case, um, we have, um, again, partnered with uh, IBM. IBM had acquired a company called Conexa and has a brass ring, but it's really their ta Watson talent. Everyone's heard about IBM Watson. Mm -hmm. So over the last two years, they've combined these capabilities and have brought it out into industry with mm -hmm. amazing impact. So that's really what, where it came from is where IBM has decided to spend billions of dollars to say, we can do this better for our clients yeah. and with a completely new approach that involves um, sort of the speed and precision to get the right person to the right pl place to cut down on mishires, frankly, the legal expenses of, of uh, lawsuits that we have. Um, a lot of them are from actually um, lower skilled workers. Um, there's a lot of attraction by attorneys to do that. So if you look at the cost, the overall cost, not even the opportunities, you can cut the cost of your HR operation related risks um, by a significant amount, and that'll pay for, just mm -hmm. that alone will pay for all these capabilities I just described. Imagine mm -hmm. that, say you're spending $20 million on you know, mishires and training, on-the-job training and the legal cases, and let's say we can get rid of uh, one quarter of that, that's $5 million a year, and the project could be $4 million in a first year, and after that, your cost could be on as little as $1 million a year, and now you're saving all this money. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely love that. And again, that's, that's the approach I, I take when I go into services, especially you can quantify turnover so quickly um, with internally the, any data that is taken and to be able to quantify it, and it, it definitely is a no-brainer to put something in place in order to give the return, the quick return and take away the stress and the pain point. And the focus then becomes on the retention and the engagement versus the constant, the constant churn. So I can talk about that if you don't want. Uh, yes. Imagine, so the, we've talked about acquisition, the same concept in, in um, engagement and retention. So we have the employee already here. Okay, great. Um, instead of waiting every six months for a performance review where you find out where the, the employee and the employer are sitting, um, that clearly has not worked well, um, especially when the person is leaving. As a matter of fact, um, if we move a lot of the responsibility of the career and the job from that manager and share it with the employee, mm -hmm. that is a paradigm shift. Yeah. So now the employee goes to their career coach, which is an AI capability, and starts talking about and conversing with this job was to fix things. But really, I'm really not only doing support. Um, that's about 20 percent of what I really want to do. I'm doing 80 percent. And that information actually gets processed and communicated to the right person to create an engagement on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. The system may automatically, working with the supervisor, say, you know, this person might be really better for this other job. Mm -hmm. So that instead of leaving, by the way, the system, if you turn the system on, it can predict who's going to leave in six months. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing you don't want to find out in the review if you're a manager and this guy or gal is leaving and now you have the whole problem of hiring someone new and all the downtime. Yeah. So really the value of AI here is to help the employee engage 
in a way that it's actually the what they're going to say, what they're expressing is going to be heard and actually have feedback, but also integrate the employer and the manager in that environment on a almost daily basis. Mm -hmm. I, I again, I love that. You know, over the last few years, many companies have done away completely with performance reviews and are starting to shift short more and more to that. Uh, Adobe has done an amazing job. Theirs is called Check In, and I don't know if they originated that that phrase or not i know i coined that over the years and then i recently mm -hmm. was directed to adobe having an official check-in and it has a lot of those concepts but it's all you know a one-to-one -one piece so i love the integration of of your the uh, the ai that you've talked about again i know on the predictive index side i had no idea that there would be by the way so much interaction on, on the predictive index piece yes. the employee experience piece um brings those those conversations which is you know the the satisfaction piece again to the forefront which is incredibly crucial to know mm -hmm. like you said who's potentially going to leave you who's on that hot seat uh, kind of tipping that you can quickly win them back or it's a lost cause because it was never the right fit. Um, and it's amazing, again, with the right data, the right approach, the right technology, we, on the onset, most CEOs and CFOs think, oh, I can't afford that. And it's right. quite the opposite. You can't afford not to do it. When Absolutely. you look quickly at just a few numbers and quantify it, what it does to the bottom line, the risk to take it or not take it to me is always a lower risk. It's better to uh, give the approach and up the game than it is to, to say, no, we're going to be able to fix it because human beings that live inside of human resources are typically tasked with that. And there's generally not enough bodies and they also do not have a, enough support mm -hmm. from the rest of the executive team. And, uh, and, and then it just, again, it, it spirals kind of, down. So uh, just a couple more questions and then this has been great, but we're, we're already getting at our, our bewitching hour uh, where people start to tune out. <laughs> is, um, what, um, if, if, for people who are going to obviously go that are listening and go yes. on the website, where is the first maybe common place that we can direct them when they first log on to Rocket Technology. First of all, give them, I wanna make sure that uh, the website's correct. So give us the website and then yes. direct us on where to go first. Sure, the URL is www.rocket-technology.com and you can look for uh, talent management. So there's links all through the first page, uh, throughout the navigation, the focus on the talent management area. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny that you mentioned the cost. This is what people wanna know. This sounds great, Link. Um, <laughs> I like the integrated capability. Um, we talked about how the assessments work. Of course, those assessments work the same way for employees. If they wanna move to another position, they can do that automatically without a human in the loop. Mm -hmm. um, how will all, so the cost of this is focused around the SaaS model. Mm -hmm. So the world is starting to move to software as a service yeah. where you can do a term, you can integrate, it includes integrations to all the big workdays and SAPs and everything you have today. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to rip and replace anything. Mm -hmm. And of course, because it's a SaaS, you can always turn it off. So the risk model is low. Mm -hmm. The cost is low because that's a big part of what Rocket does. And that's how it's, we're different than again, all these integrators because they use a PMO model. It's a giant group of 15 to 20 people. We looked at uh, one of the military leaders uh, at DNI says, Really, you may only need the square root 
of the number. So if a big mm -hmm. integrator says we need 16 people to do it, it works out that typically we will do it for three and a half or four people. So okay. that cost is really low. It's fast. Yeah. We're about six times faster. So again, if you go to the site, you will see a lot of this discussion on throwing more people at it doesn't work, mm -hmm. how to actually do projects, and then all the specifics of how the IBM talent management capabilities work. You can also type in ibm.com and search for talent management and then you'll have amazing uh, resources there. So again, that's the solution, target solution, but how do you get there has really been the challenge at the right cost and speed. And that's why Rocket Technology is here. Beautiful, I love it. Thank you so much for coming on today. And um, I look forward to hearing more about Rocket Technology and you know diving into hopefully some teacher, deeper conversations and, and having you in person at some of the, the human resource conferences that are coming up in 2020. So we thank you for your time today. Any other final closing comments before we put a wrap on this episode? Well, I mentioned that we did the three things, the strategy and roadmap, the actual modernization, and of course, we use SME consulting, those are the three areas. But I would say, call me 804-244-1961, uh, that's my cell phone, and we can have a discussion, it doesn't cost anything, and uh, let's go from there. All right, super. Thank you so much for your time today. And again, listeners and viewers, we so appreciate you piping in and listening and chiming into the conversations and sending me over some great guests to have on, just like Link. Um, is nothing to, to go into the future and be fear of AI, but rather to embrace AI. And I think in this instance, being able to shift the talent inside of your organization allows you to be more agile and definitely more innovative which creates more opportunities, not less opportunities. So stay open, remember people matter, and that's what creates your culture. So cultures matter, culture matters. And my name again is Shelly Smith, Premier Report, and we'll see you on the next episode. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for joining me and another guest for the Culture Hour. If you want to go back to past episodes, make sure you follow the podcast on any of your favorite apps and devices. If you're looking for a daily dose, a little short snippet, then all you need to do is hop over to the other podcast called Your Morning Commute. Thank you again for tuning in. If you're looking for questions, other speakers, more topics, by all means, reach out. Shelly at PremierReport.com. Remember, culture isn't built in a day. Culture is built every day. Are you spending your money and your time and energy on repairs? Or are you spending your time and your energy defining and maintaining? Be safe out there.